Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for March 4th. I mean, March 1st, 2022. We're in the third month of the year already in 2022. Listen, this is a year of intentional progress for us. Not only are we going to seek to progress, not only at the end of 2022 do we want to be incrementally closer to God's overall expected end for our lives, but we are going to pursue that progress on purpose. We are going to be intentional and we will be deliberate about becoming the men, the women that God has called us to be for such a time as this. We've been studying the life of Jesus and I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to say to you. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. So this is a year of intentional progress. I told you that I would walk you through these six steps or stages. You know me, I take my time, so I'm in no hurry. We're still on the first one. We have a lot to cover, uh, but we've been studying the life of Jesus. So as we are studying the life of Jesus, um, I got to the point where we got to the, John 18. Once we got to John 18, that's where it transitions to Jesus getting ready to, to go to the cross. And so I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, I could go teach something else. He was like, no, no, no. Because Easter Sunday morning is not that far away, uh, we need to deal with the road to the resurrection. So this is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, part 35 of the overall series. And then the Road to the Resurrection, part six. All of these messages are made available to you in our podcast for free on our website, todaysword.org, and also on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina. All of this stuff is free. If you have miss some of the messages, go back and watch it. So we're in now John chapter 18. And today I'm going to cover verses 38, 39, and 40. So in yesterday's message, we saw how Pilate couldn't find anything wrong with Jesus, right? And so the governor was asking question after question after question. But Jesus, because he was led of the Holy Spirit in all things, and we dealt with the wisdom of God yesterday, Jesus was able to answer every question without ever being ensnared by his own words. And so he was led of the Holy Spirit to answer correctly and skillfully, right? Because he prayerfully considered everything that he said. As a result, the Roman governor could not find any fault in the Jewish rabbi. And so now you have this Roman governor, Pilate's like, I don't know. I mean, like, I I know these Jews want this man killed, but man, I can't just have him killed. He's done nothing wrong. And so he's asking questions he can't, He's like, why do these people want this man dead? Now, Pilate didn't, he was a Roman. He he didn't want to deal with this mess. And he was like, man, I don't want to get into any theological debates with these Jews. And I don't want to get into this thing about like they're saying he committed blasphemy. I don't even care about any of that. At the end of the day, what I don't want is problems in my province, right? He was the governor of of a province. He just wanted peace in his province. He didn't want no problems, right? with these Jews, but the Jews were teeming with anger, discontent. They wanted Jesus dead. They wanted blood. Pilate wanted peace. They wanted death. And so Pilate's like, okay, I know what to do. Instead of sentencing Jesus to death or setting him free, 
Because if he sentences him to death, he's like, man, then that blood is on my hands. If I set him free, I'm going to have problems with the Jews. So the governor said this. Pilate, this is in the Bible. Pilate said, this man is not guilty of any crime. But you have a custom. Okay, you Jews have a custom of asking me as the Roman governor to release one prisoner free every year, like basically by an act of grace, of an act of unmerited favor. So Passover is coming up. And on Passover, because the Passover, Yom Kippur, you basically sacrifice an animal for the remission of sins or basically for, for the sins of the people. And this is a sacrificial lamb. We have this thing to where every year for Passover, you ask me to release somebody as like symbolic of like a sacrificial lamb. And so so now, oh, yes, that's what I'm going to do. Pilate says, okay, so since you have this custom of asking me to release somebody, would you like me, he asked the Jewish people, would you like me to release Jesus, the king of the Jews, the one that you guys call the king of the Jews? And so, but for it to be a decision, Pilate has to juxtapose Jesus with someone else. So what Pilate does is like, he's like, now this makes human sense. Humanly speaking, is logical what Pilate did. Pilate was like, okay, since this man seems innocent, let me find somebody who is clearly guilty, right? A man who, who is unquestionably guilty, that's Barabbas. And so let me take Jesus and juxtapose him with Barabbas and then put both before the people and say to the Jews, Hey, for Passover, I have one get out of jail free card. Who do you want me to give it to? Jesus or Barabbas? And to Pilate's dismay, the people chose Barabbas. I mean, think about everything that he did, like to set this up. The, the, the Roman governor was operating in human logic, like human common sense. This was like wisdom, human wisdom. He was like, this, this has to work. I got to let this man free, but I, that way it won't be on my hands. I put it back on them. Let me put the onus back on them. They got to choose Jesus. I mean, come on. Everybody knows Barabbas is, is guilty. And so this man is innocent. This man is clearly guilty. So give it to the people. I'm sure they're going to pick Jesus. And they chose Barabbas. So what does this mean for you today? This isn't just a good Sunday school story. There's a lot in this. And there's so much in this that I'm not going to be able to cover all this today. So I'm going to deal with some things today, and I got to come right back, because the thing up with Barabbas, we got to talk about that. All right. So what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning, and tomorrow I'm going to come back to the same passage. You ready? All right. Three things. Number one, here we go. This is when I need you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractions. Number one, sometimes bad things happen to good people. I've told you that before, but sometimes I'm pulling the string on something I said yesterday from Isaiah uh, 54 and 17. Sometimes bad things happen to good people for a reason. Let's talk about that. Pilate gave Jesus an out. He was like, oh man, this has to be it. We got to give this man an out. Uh, uh, surely the Jews are going to pick this man over Barabbas. He, he, he juxtaposed him against this clearly a man that, that he should not have been picked over. And Barabbas was selected instead of Jesus. And with that, the only innocent man to ever live, the only innocent man to ever walk the planet, the man that was the only sinless man 
to ever fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the law. The Ten Commandments, there's nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments. The only thing wrong with the Ten Commandments is that it's too right, and none of us can fulfill them. Jesus fulfilled them all. Jesus fulfilled the commandments. He fulfilled the law, and he did it for us, and then still he was convicted. But there were greater powers at work. There were powers that at work that was greater than Pilate, greater than Annas, greater than Caiaphas, greater than the people. Even though Jesus did nothing wrong, he was still convicted. Watch this, because he was destined to die. See, betrayal, physical abuse, and ultimately the crucifixion were all part of Jesus's destiny. So Jesus had to endure everything he had to endure on the road to the resurrection, on the road to his destiny. So remember yesterday I shared with you Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And I told you that if the attack looks like it's prospering, then the weapon is not against you. Sometimes things are prospering because it's actually not against you, it's working for you. So when you know the Holy Spirit is leading you and you are in the center of God's will, you know that you're being led of the Holy Spirit, you know that you're in the center of God's will, but you're still facing attacks. Then you gotta know that if the attack looks like it's working, then it's actually not against you. Now, the attack, if it's not for you, it will be stopped. But if the attack looks like it's working, that is actually propelling you into your purpose. The father could have stopped the attacks against Jesus at any time. Jesus could have called down a legion of angels and had them all killed at any time, but he didn't. Why? Because what looked like it was evil was actually working for Jesus's good. So what is happening to you sometimes is actually happening for you. And so you got to discern when there are some things that are happening that looks like it's evil, but God has a way of making it all work for your good. God can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for your good. Say amen to that. All right, number two, let me give you some examples here. In every godly story, there's a person who had to endure something by the grace of God that could have crushed other people. So in every godly story, when you read a godly story, or even in modern times, like, like for example, I was just talking to somebody the other day about the parable of the talents, you know, the one talent, the two talents, the five talents. So sometimes um, in the parable of the talents, the Bible says that there was this man, he gave one bag of money, talent or bag of money to one person. He gave another one, two bags of money. He gave another one, five bags of money. The Bible says, according to their own ability. And so, so what happens is God will allow you to face things according to your own ability. God will allow you to face things according to your own grace. So you don't, that's why you can't compare yourself to other people because what they're going through, they have the grace for it. You may not have the grace for it. What they're going through, since they have the grace for it, they can endure it and overcome it. And what they are triumphing over would destroy you if you don't have the grace for it. So that's why you can't compare yourself to other people. You need to just embrace the grace to run your own race at your own pace. Say amen to that. So let's talk about it. No matter what you're going through. Now, what this also means though, is that no matter what you are going through, then you have the grace to face whatever you're facing. So you you should be like, okay, well, if God, if I'm facing it, then God trusts me with it. I like to teach by both precept and example. Let me give you some examples. The story of Joseph. I love Joseph. I talk about Joseph all the time. The story of Joseph, Joseph is impressive. It's amazing. It's terrific. It's fantastic. But for the story to be amazing, 
Joseph had to endure being betrayed by his brothers, then living as a slave, then being imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit, then living without his family for 22 years. He had to endure. Now, that could have crushed other people, but he had the grace for it. Why? Because he was called to do it. It was part of his destiny. That's the part of walking with God that nobody likes to talk about. Nobody likes to highlight. The story of David. I love David. Oh my God, I love me some David. I love talking about David. The story of David is, um, is fantastic, right? But for David to become the king of Israel, he, he had to leave the life that he knew. He was minding his own business in the field when he was called by this prophet. He comes out of the field. He's anointed by this man. He didn't ask for none of this. He's called to be the next king of Israel. Before you know it, he's fighting a giant on the national stage. Before you know it, people are chanting his name. Before you know it, he marries the king's daughter. Before you know it, the king turns on him and tries to kill him. Before you know it, he's on the run. He's living as a fugitive for over a decade, sometimes living in caves. And at his lowest point, he had to actually join the enemy's armies and fight with them because he was on the run. And he got to the point where one day at his lowest point, he goes to fight with the enemy. The enemy says, no, I don't, I don't even trust you. And so, so I don't want you to fight with us, go back home. He goes home to Ziklag and he gets there and their families are gone. The, the, the town is burnt down to the ground. All their stuff is gone. David's men turned on him. David cried until he couldn't cry anymore. The Bible says he cried until he ran out of tears. He had to encourage himself in the Lord, his God. In the end, yeah, did, Jesus, did David become the king? Yes. He became the king of Judah. Later, he became the king of Israel. Did he have a son, Solomon? Yes. Did Solomon build the temple? Yes. But that's the part of the story that we like to live out, leave out. We don't like to talk about what David had to endure down the path to his purpose, but he had the grace for it. And see, you have the grace for your assignment. Whatever you are called to do, you have the grace for it. Let's talk about Moses. Moses' story is so good. That a movie was made about it, Ben-Hur, and it's like a classic. Everybody's seen the movie, Ben-Hur, right? You've all seen it. But for Moses to become Moses, he had to be born with a death, death sentence looming over his head. Think about that. He was born with a death sentence on his head because the sorcerers told the Pharaoh that there's a baby that's about to be born that's going to lead to your demise. And so the Pharaoh was like, kill all these male children in Israel. And so his mama had to hide him and she was feeding him while she was hiding him and the boy kept growing. And she was feeding him while she was hiding him and the joker kept growing. And the Bible says when he could no longer be hid, she released him. So he was born with a death sentence over his head. Then he was disconnected from his mama. Then he was raised in the enemy's camp. He was raised in the house of the man that wanted him killed. Then, watch this, he knew that he was called. He looked like an Egyptian. He walked like an Egyptian. He talked like an Egyptian, but he wasn't an Egyptian. And on the inside, he knew that he was called to the Jews. And so he's looking at the Jews and how they're being mistreated. And on the inside, his calling was calling him to the point where he went, killed a man. And he killed a man. He got out ahead of God. He messed up. He had to go in exile. He lived in the wilderness wilderness for 40 years in exile, thinking he had destroyed his life, thinking he had forfeited his destiny until God showed up 
to Moses at the burning bush and said, no, you're still alive and my destiny is still good and the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance and I knew you was going to mess up before you messed up and I called you anyway and I need you to go back to Egypt and tell your brother, let my people go. But that's the part of Moses that people don't want to talk about is those 40 years in the wilderness. We like to talk about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Come on, preacher. Talk about Lazarus. The Bible says he stood there. <laughs> he said, roll away the stone. You know what I'm saying? And he said, Lazarus, the preacher said, he said, Lazarus, because if he would have just said, get up, all the dead people would have got up. He said, Lazarus, get up. And Lazarus popped up like a mummy. He was still wrapped up in dead stuff. He said, loose that man and let him go. Jesus, yeah, we love to preach Lazarus, but what we don't like to talk about is that Mary and Martha, people that Jesus loved, they had to think there for days that Jesus ignored them. That, that We don't like to talk about the fact that Jesus loved Lazarus and Jesus let him die. Jesus loved Lazarus and Lazarus was dead for four days to the point where rigor mortis was, set, was setting in and the body was stinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for this amazing, this was the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performed. Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. But we, what we don't like to talk about is that there was a family that had to cry. There was a family that had to grieve. There was a family who loved Jesus and Jesus loved them and they had to bury their own brother and, and they had to deal with the questions of why would Jesus heal all these people and not heal your own brother if he stays here? Every time he comes to Jerusalem, he stays in your house. He sleeps in your bed. He eats your own food. Why would Jesus not heal your brother? I don't know that Jesus comes back. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. We don't like to talk about that. For this thing to go out, the Bible says after he raised Lazarus from the dead, fame of Jesus went out abroad. Yeah, that's great. But what we don't like to talk about that family that had to endure what they had to endure for Jesus to be glorified. See, we've been studying the life of Jesus. And yeah, the life of Jesus is great, but we like to talk about the water walking Jesus. We like to talk about the fish multiplying, bread multiplying Jesus. We like to talk about the Jesus who caused the lame to the, the blind to see, the lame to walk, the dumb to speak, the dead to rise. That type of Jesus. That's the Jesus we like to talk about, but we don't like to talk about the Jesus who was falsely accused, who was taken from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night, who was convicted with any without any real charges or any eyewitnesses against him, who was put up against Barabbas, a man who was clearly guilty, and the people chose to let go Barabbas. A man, Jesus was beaten. He was bruised. He was beaten to the point where he was unrecognizable. He was hit, hit nine, uh, 39 times with a cat of nine tails. He was crucified, pinned to a cross, lifted up. I mean, he agonized for three hours. There was no sun because the sun was shining. I'm talking about that Jesus. He went through all of We don't like to talk about that Jesus. We want to talk about the other Jesus, but that's still part of our Jesus. So here's my point as I close this point. When people read the story of your life, yeah, they're going to see the, hot, the, 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 the mountaintop points. They're going to they're like to talk about, oh, yeah, he did this and God used him to do that. And she did this and she did that. And she was so great and he was so amazing and all of that. But in the same book that documents your life, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that you have to go through in order to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. So whoever documents the story of your life, may they say this, they did it by the grace of God. You got to know that he endured it. She endured it because God gave them the grace for it. You have the grace to endure whatever you need to endure on the path to your purpose. Jesus endured what he had to endure. 
You have to endure what you have to endure. Now, my calling is not your calling. My grace is not your grace. So don't compare yourself to me and I won't compare myself to you. You should not compare yourself because you're devaluing and disrespecting what God has called you to do. And you don't have the grace that other people have. They don't have the grace that you have. So just run your race at your pace with your grace and the rest will work itself out. Number three and finally, last point for today. I'm flowing in the same vein, so let me just close this out with the same point. I'm gonna reiterate something I've already said yesterday and today. Number three, no weapon. Let me just, just, let me just go right back to Isaiah 54 and 17 with no weapon. The enemy will do everything that he can to stop you, especially if you're born again. But I want you to know, if you're born again, you've accepted Jesus as Lord. Look at me, I want you to know that no attack of the enemy, no curse, no hex, no vex, no spell, no work of witchcraft or sorcery or divination has any power over you. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus said to his disciples, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. He is the enemy, but know that I have given you more power than he has. I have given you power to crush his snakes and his scorpions. Everything is under your feet. Nothing will hurt you. Now, I I want to give you that same statement in the RPV, the Rick Pina version. I'm going to close today's message with the RPV. Let me go back to Luke chapter 10, verses 18 and 19. I'm going to give it to you in the, in the way that I read Luke chapter 10, verses 18 and 19. This would, Jesus would be saying this in my Brooklynite version. Listen, guys, I know Satan has power, but I want you to know that I was there when Satan was kicked out of heaven. I was there when he fell like lightning from the sky. I know what power he has, but I want you to know that I have given you more power than he has. I have given you the power to trample all over his minions. Everything Satan has is under your feet. Nothing shall by any means harm you. You are now deputized to operate in my name. Come on now. You you have the power to operate in the name of Jesus. You have nothing to fear. Jesus conquered Satan, hell, and the grave. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, if it looks like it's prospering, it's not against you. If it looks like it's prospering, then it's propelling you into your purpose. God is your defense. You got to know that God will prevent and God will permit. God will prevent things from happening to you that will derail you, but God will permit some stuff to happen that is actually pushing you down the path to your purpose. So if it looks like it's working, it's not against you. What is happening to you is happening for you. And the church said, amen. I said a lot today and I got more to say about this. So we're going to come back tomorrow. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and declare this. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about the extraordinary life of Jesus. Jesus was the only innocent man to ever walk the planet. Jesus did nothing wrong, but he was illegally arrested, falsely accused, brutally beaten, and then nailed to a cross. All of this could have been avoided. Pilate gave the Jews the option, but they released Barabbas instead. On the surface, that makes no sense. 
on the surface, that looks like a foolish decision. On the surface, it looks like you were failing your own son. But you look past the surface. Even when Jesus was hanging on the cross, you were still God. You were still on the throne. You still had all power. You did not cause the bad things to happen, but you allowed it to happen and you use what happened for your glory. You do the same thing in my life. Sometimes bad things happen to me because Satan is attacking my purpose. Other times bad things happen to me because I made dumb decisions. But either way, Father, you have a way of taking all of that stuff and making it work for my good. This is why I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I got another one. Apply it today. Apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to do me a favor. Two things. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. This is a message you might need to listen to again. Get this down in your spirit. (laughs) You have the grace for it. And if it's happening to you, it's happening for you. I love you. God loves you too. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Thank you.